In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is Blood on the Tracks. You know, guys, I think since this album was made in the 70s, it probably should be called Blood on the Eight Tracks. Oh, you know, the idea of having to come up with a bit every single week was bad. I should never have started this. Okay, I don't have time for this shit. We're moving on. I hear about the greatest albums of all time. I bet you're just too busy to look it up, Paul. Oh, I forgot we got the, the new Bob Dylan. I want to hear four guys are talking, then they get off track. Well, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Jack. Beck did it better. Oh, my this God. Week. It's so good every time. <laughs> the second verse is about how my wife dumped me, so I could fit in this album. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Beck Did It Better. We are talking about Bob Dylan's <laughs> Blood on the Tracks. Just to give you a heads up, every single Bob episode, Bob Dylan episode we've ever done, we've been insanely disappointed with, so we expect nothing better this time. <laughs> Let's say hello to my co-hosts. Just stop listening right now. Some of them are mathematicians and some of them are carpenters' wives. But uh, Aaron kept wanting to tie the laces on my wife's shoes for some reason. I don't know why that is. But let's say hi to Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me. Russ in Minnesota, how are you doing? Friends will arrive. Friends will disappear. If you want me, fellas, I'll be here. Okay, so if you gave me $1,000 and said, what song is that from? I could not tell you. I, I would have no idea. I know it's on this album. I don't know where. Aaron in Oakland, how are you doing? I'm good. I, um, I'm recording in my garage. I also live in my garage. I work out in my garage. This is where I'm at these days. Aaron, we don't have time to talk about you in the garage. Just kidding. That's all I want to talk about today. There's nothing else. Just on my notes, it just says bold. Aaron in garage. Highlight. That's all it says. All right, let's get into it. Guys, I, I got news for you. This week, we have a little special voicemail. Ooh, nice. Oh, boy. Hi, this is Suzanne. I'm Rob's sister. Huh? Uh, I have oh? three points that I'd like to cover. One is that we definitely danced to Thriller in an organized fashion at my wedding reception, where you were definitely present, and it was awesome. See? Two, no way that you were ever in a room... Uh, with a girl who had a D'Angelo poster. That was definitely a story. <laughs> and uh, please, in high school, Rob liked to watch Blossom. Love you. Oh! <laughs> I should screen these before I play them. Is I, kind of I thought she was here. just going to cut that off and say, no no way you were in a room with a girl, period, in high school, uh, let alone the well, D'Angelo you know, poster. It was, it was actually very hurtful because she called me. Like, she's listening to the podcast, which I'm impressed by. But she called me and said, listen, we have a bet. My husband and I have a bet. Were you in a room with a girl who had a D'Angelo poster? And I was like, no, I don't think that ever did happen. I think that was a made-up story. And she goes, oh, good. We both won the bet. I was like, well, no, that's not how bets work. Like, who's the you can't both take case. the same side. Like, who are you betting against? That's not a bet. That's not how bets work. I think the Blossom part is the least embarrassing. Like, Blossom was a pretty good show. I think, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hate on you for that, Rob. You know, but I think when you were younger, too, like, you would just watch whatever was on TV. Like, I saw a lot of Mr. Belvedere. I have no idea what it was about. I watched, I bet I watched, I bet I watched 100 hours of Mr. Belvedere. No idea what's going on. I don't even remember if it was any good, but I watched it because it was on. What could you do? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what, was, what was Blossom's best friend's name? 
Rob, I'm trying to remember. Six. No, uh, I don't want to get into this. I knew that. I was just trying to see how. Yeah, <laughs> the story was true. <laughs> you know, I'm too. You know, I'm too competitive and too proud to give you the wrong yeah. answer. Right. Do we know? I'm going to talk about Joey. Oh, geez. Do we well, know you, the... you could have played it a little bit slow. Oh no! Oh, no what was that? Uh, six. Oh yes. Yeah, Rob, the real question is: Is do you know the theme song offhand? No, I don't From actually. Awesome? I don't think I know that one. I don't think I remember that. But now, Russell, you're on the spot. You need to. Yeah, I yeah, have no idea. I did, oh, I did. yeah, right, Russell. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pull it up quick. Rob. No, but my what sister also sent. My sister also sent uh, pictures of her dancing at um, her own wedding, and they were doing thrillers. And immediately, I knew I was in trouble because I was at that wedding, uh, and I had said, "Oh, nobody's ever had thriller at their wedding." You, got, like, you oh. guys did mock me when I brought that up last time, and then yeah, you made I fun did. of me for doing the thriller dance at weddings. And it turns out I I was correct. You were ahead of your time. Yeah, yeah. I bet I could I, sing this if we if we pull it up. I knew I was in big trouble when I saw that, but I don't remember. You know, every sister's wedding you go to. Oh, oh yeah. I just remember she always wore like funny oh, hats. That was six. Six wore <laughs> hats. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Joey! Yeah, Joey. and then Joey's, yeah, Joey's in there with the sleeveless oh, yeah. shirts. Yep. And then they, does she have two brothers named Joey, or who's the other brother? I don't. This I this guy I don't remember. See, there's six. Who sings this song? Jennifer. Sounds like Doctor John. It sounds like Doctor John. I kind of want to watch an episode of Blossom now. I'm not gonna lie. I do too. If it's not Dr. John himself. Yeah, I can see why we watched it. They showed the they showed the video and it was just Blossom doing gymnastics and we were all in trance. We we do not want to talk about Bob Dylan anymore. We want to make a Blossom podcast <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Dr. John sang it. Oh, nice. Right. That. Nailed it. I spent some time in hotel rooms recently watching the World Series. Uh, also on a plane, uh-huh. which means that if you're on the watching the World Series, you get a lot of sitcom commercials. Mayim Bialik is now making a new sitcom where she owns a cat cafe. So that is what if we're all coming. Yes. What, wait, wait. What the hell's a cat cafe? You don't know about a cat cafe? I'm sorry. I've, Dude, I've I live in the Midwest. I've, I'm sorry, I've, Aaron. <laughs> no, Aaron. We all know about cat cafes. But why don't you explain it to us? Hey, remember when you grew up in Iowa? Like things haven't changed all that much in this part of the country. Okay. I'm so sorry for taking this episode all the way off the rails. But a cat cafe is a cafe uh, slash cat adoption spot where you can go in and get some coffee and also pet some cats, perhaps um, adopt one while you're there. I've never, there is one in Oakland. I've not been there myself, yeah. but uh, because our cat is 20 and is going to live forever. But uh, yeah. And so there's a new uh, sitcom. Wait, you have a cat? Starring, yeah. I've told you about my and you, cat. And you have rats out in the, you have rats out in the garage. What's your yeah, cat's our, problem? Get that cat out there. Too old to, yeah. We have neighborhood cats. Like we have a neighborhood cat who like hangs out in our garage anytime the door is open because he's waiting to eat the, the there's no way. Here. There's Lazy no way Aaron's, there's no way Aaron's wife would ever make the cat stay in the garage for like an hour to <laughs> kill that rat. But Aaron's been out there for a week. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Aaron in the garage, I can't wait any longer. Let's get into our rolling going. It's, 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 it's time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for rolling going. Oh, yeah. I'm so embarrassed every time I play that. I forget every time. All right, Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? I, I got a bunch of new albums. Ru- uh, Russell 
he inspired me to head over to uh, No Name Records, K-N-O-W, No Name Records, mm. in Minneapolis, to pick up some, some new albums. So I, I didn't listen to the radio that much this week, so I didn't get any cool new facts. Did you so, have a strategy ahead. when you went to the record store? How, did, how What I, was your approach? Well, at first, you, st- you told me they didn't yeah. have any Pearl Jam. Did you stand so in the corner to... like a pervert like Russell did? <laughs> <laughs> why is that no, guy that fiddling kind of funny, records though. up and down? Why, yeah. why Russell, does he keep I, I was, cocktail? Yeah. I was looking at these albums that I could tell this. It's kind of like, what is it like? You know, when you're going, when you're at like a liquor store and you're kind of moving like left to right, you're looking down at the bottles of wine or the Wait, beer huh? or whatever. It's kind of like that with uh, with records. You know, you're kind of moving left to right. Section. So there's this gal. You mean the library for me? The library, yeah. There's this gal who was started. He, she started way over on the left, right? And I start. I went over and I started right in the middle at the P's. Went right for the Pearl Jam, right? Yeah. And so, but by the time I was still looking, I must not have been moving quick enough because she started moving real. Oh, this quick is so stressful real, to me. I would have just got real I close. To I would have left. I would have walked. You out. know what I mean? I would have just. And I could I tell that I was like bucks on the counter and walked out. <laughs> it was like it was like I was messing up her flow of checking out albums, right? But I didn't yeah. care, right? I mean, I don't go stay, around or whatever. Stay strong, but man. she got yeah. real. She got real close, and it, it was nice. like I was in her way. I, you know, I was messing up the flow. So I got through the piece. There was no, there was no Pearl Jam in the straight up P for Pearl Jam in the P section, section where in you would P think P Pearl, Pearl Jam, Jam would be. Section. Yeah. So I went over, you know, I went over to the. Uh, there was like a consignment section. I don't even know what that had, means. Does that mean I'm borrowing it for a while or what? I, I, <laughs> no, yeah. that means somebody. That somebody, means somebody brought it in and they said, "Hey, you know, if you could sell this for fifty bucks, you know, I'll take forty of it, or I'll split. I'll split it with you, kind of a deal. So, but if you don't sell it, then I might take it back, kind of a deal. So, there was an original Vitology there that was for sale for fifty bucks, I think. And then they had original verses uh, that was like for eighty bucks, and I'm like, oh, whoa, eighty bucks! It's just a little. That for a house with kids, do not buy an eighty dollar record. No, That'll be the first that thing a that a kid little, falls into or something. I'll show you guys here. So I got I, one I, in the two. There's a two dollar section and there's a one dollar section. Oh, you see the two dollars. Well, I didn't notice Russell? the difference, but I. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. Okay, so I, the first one I saw was the Kingston. There was a ton of Kingston trio. Okay, nice. But I remembered from our album number two. Which was pet sounds. Yeah, that's right. The Beach Boys sang Sloop John B. Um, Sloop John B. Awesome. So I was looking specifically for the Kingston's Trio's version of Sloop John B. So I, I got oh, that. Very cool. Oh, very cool. Oh, that's rad. That's um, totally rad. You know, top five yacht rock songs of all time. Oh my God, man. It's Lionel like Richie. Oh, Lionel Richie. All Night Long by Lionel Richie. That's a great track. We're all good. Great track. So we got there. Um, very cool. There was a couple, but I thought since we've talked about it so much, if I didn't get, uh, I don't know if you can see it. One Herbie Man Herbie yes. album. Yes. So one Herbie Man. I have. I haven't listened to it yet. Push, I have to admit What's the name of that album? Is it Reggae Two? This is uh, <laughs> Herbie. This is Herbie Man Surprises. Oh. Okay. <laughs> He's got a surprise that involves Ooh, a lot yeah. of chest hair. And then again, to fit in with, uh, you know, we've talked about him too much, but I found uh, Perp. Albert, yeah, Tijuana Brass, going places. <laughs> nice. I don't know if it's any good or not, but so good. It was, the, it was in the I one. The record store is so like, listen, our Herbie Man and Herb Albert sales are up three thousand <laughs> percent. We have no idea why. Who's buying all of our Herb Albert albums? <laughs> what is going on? These have been here for years. And then I'm going to blank on the name of this album, but I think this is Ill Communication. Yeah, by it's Beastie Boys. Beastie right? Boys. You know, which oh, is yeah. I think 
it, it's on the list. And Definitely I should know that, this, but that, that's, it's it a, is that's a stone. First tape I ever owned. First cassette tape I ever owned. Unbelievable. It starts out and it's just a bass, uh, a drum track. Yeah. It starts out the whole album and it, it's a phenomenal it's a, album. It's so a great oh, album. that was my, that's that was my big spin. That one was like 16 bucks, but I was going to say, so I did just a, a slight bit of research just to find some obscure fact about Bob Dylan. And I wasn't even going to mention anything because there's not all that many things that people don't know about, but you brought up that the fact that you can't understand him and anything that yeah, he says yeah. on any of his albums. Well, it turns out, and I apologize if somebody's going to bring this up later, that um, in 1968 in El Paso, Texas, the radio station banned Bob Dylan because they couldn't understand him. And they thought that he was maybe like influencing the <laughs> youth of America with all of his babble and stuff like that. So they just couldn't understand him. Everybody thought, oh, he's a communist or something. No, but they just couldn't understand him. So if I, they couldn't understand him, they weren't going to play we, him. We, so we should have called him. and let them know about my theory called Oops and Ubu, one perfect sound <laughs> or ugly but useful. You guys should check out my book. It's fantastic. Russell, <laughs> I like that you've picked up on this. This is good. Yeah. Uh, Russell, rolling going. How's it going? It's going well. I was going to talk to you guys about how I've been bringing my record player into work now. I now carry like a suitcase into work on Fridays for record day at my my job. And I was wondering, I don't know, you guys, I don't know if you're back in your office yet, but a few of us are back. So I've been literally walking in my record player. So I walk in with the suitcase on Friday mornings. So good. Set it up. I love it. But I thought you guys would get a kick out of this. So I was I was there the other day and we were playing uh, Fleetwood Mac last week and the the janitor walked in. He was looking at something with our air conditioning. He walked in and he goes, he turns and looks and he goes, vinyl. And he goes, that's rumors. And I was like, yes, it is. And he was like, so excited. <laughs> and then he walked out and I was like, my, my job here is done. Like I'm spreading the good word of, of music. And it's, it's way more well, valuable than like, if I talk to this guy about the Vikings game or the twins game. So I feel like I'm making the right choices in life. You think that dude has TikTok? And he just knows rumors because of that <laughs> <Yes>. skateboarding. <down. laughs> That's the only reason he knows it. God, but my that, other, just, that, that just about moves me to tears. Like that's such a great story. That's like that's that's is. what's great that's about awesome. the world. I'm the only dumb shit on this podcast now who doesn't have a record player. You don't have one at all. No. No, hey, don't That's make fun of me for not having a record player. That's embarrassing. No, Rob. Rob, we have we have a we have a music podcast about albums. To be oh. fair, Rob Rob kicks his uh, Rob kicks his daughter out of her room <laughs> to record this yeah. and this podcast because he lives in New York and it costs like five million bucks to live in a, an apartment. And Rob, so, you need to, to be you fair, need to edit out that yeah. tiny pause between be he kicks fair. his daughter out of her room. You need to just condense <laughs> yeah. the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, she does sleep in my studio, so nice. you know it's kind of like <laughs> she should know. I've got, I've got like the times of how long we're supposed to talk thumbtacked up on the wall. That's how much it's her bedroom and how much it's my studio. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm missing out on some record stores in New York. Russell, you should come to New York. We'll go to a record store. We get stressed oh, out that, together. No, that would be oh, way too God. stressful. At oh, least people in Minnesota. I'm, I'm, Rob, I'm coming. We're going to make like a four-day yeah, trip of it. Just it. hit every single one. Think about this, Matt. My guess is you ran into some... Midwestern it's girl who wasn't going to really be hard on you when you got in her way. Like, can you imagine if you were in someone's way at a New York record store, it would be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. I'm not, with you. not if I'm the, there, uh, Russell. There, Kick. there was a, there, there was a guy, they have two pinball machines there. Ooh, and there nice. was a guy who came in and he played pinball the entire time I was there. I, I, I don't know. It was kind of weird. He kept going up to get like chain quarters for ch- it was, it was, that was kind of weird. Yeah, I'm out on this. I'm never going yeah. back there again. That's that's terrifying <laughs> to me. 
And then you're like, hey, you're a pinball wizard. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I actually, I actually have a pinball machine, an old one, out of my garage. And so eventually, sometimes I go out there and I check it out. But then I'm like, oh, I'm not going to stay out here for a week. I'm just going to leave it out here. So I go back inside. You guys should try it out sometime. Wait, it's over. We'll be there. Speaking of that, let's get into my rolling going for today. All I want to talk about is Aaron in the garage. So Aaron is... Aaron has my rolling going is Aaron's in the garage. Yeah. So I had a, you know I had so much cool stuff going on in my life, but nothing. This is all I talked about. I've talked about this with my wife for like hours and hours. She doesn't want to hear about it anymore. I just tell her the stories over and over. So Aaron went to a wedding. So he is now uh, quarantining himself for a week out in his garage. We talked about it on the last episode. If you haven't heard it, go pause, rewind it. He has to go out and go to the bathroom at night outside. It's true. Uh, out, out a window, window. that is uh, above his waist. It's true. Uh, he sleeps on an air mattress in a tent and it turns out there are quite a few rats in the garage with him so but his, his wife locks him in every night and he, he has to be locked in from outside yeah. so yes his wife does lock him Aaron in. actually sent a video Matt and Rob I don't know if you saw this his yeah. wife sent the video tonight of them walking out there and I think he had a bottle of wine or something but yeah, she's like literally going through this like speech about now she's gonna lock the door and lock him yeah. in there it it felt very green mileish to and me I, tonight I was oh. distracted by the video <laughs> Dead man I was distracted by the video because Aaron, when, when she was walking. like, it's time to lock you in the garage, Aaron had a rock hard erection. I, like, <laughs> I don't think that's the point of this. Like, sick. Oh, but I, no. anyway, after the last recording, I uh, I basically forced Aaron to make a uh, uh, audio diary of his. Uh, and I have gone through and I have listened to them I would probably a hundred times, each time giving me more enjoyment than the last. And I have put together a highlight clip of Aaron outside. So let's listen as Aaron slowly loses his mind. So we started when? We started on Tuesday. Well, he'll, he'll describe it. All right. This is um, trapped in the tent. I oh, guess so volume quiet. one. It's this is, uh, 1027. Nobody's there with you. Why are you so quiet? Yeah, you just want to wake up the rat. I just uh, finished right. recording an episode of Beck So this Did is Tuesday. Zipped myself into my tent here. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to read a couple chapters uh, from Haruki yeah. Murakami's uh, Hardboiled Wonderland and the End of the World. It's it's not just and, for the podcast. Uh, He's like this in real life. Wake up before about uh, six tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, so that's it for now. Okay. I realized Aaron just talked about some weird book that no one's ever heard of. So whether he's <laughs> no. on the podcast or just no. like rambling to himself. No, guys, guys we, don't, we don't have time for this. We have 14 right. of these to get through. Here we go. Watch this. Okay. Oh, by the way, I am, I'm going to say this. I'm going to play all these in a row at the end of the podcast. At the end of the podcast, we're going to play all these in a row. So if you want to hear all these in a row and hear Aaron slowly <laughs> lose his mind, listen to the end of the podcast. It's great. So here we go. Got a couple more here. I picked okay. the highlights. Trapped in a tent, volume two. It's uh, 7 a.m. Again, why are you whispering? Sleep. This is Wednesday morning. This is what I said. going to yell at him. Keep it down out there. I, wake up in the morning. Uh, I think one uh, trip into the yard to... Um, Use the uh, facilities. Around twelve twenty. Yeah, I uh, heard some critter action in the garage around uh, five forty. Put on some light. Aaron has two concerns in the garage. Made it to going to the bathroom and critters. So, okay, and you're going to see this. Did I hear that right? Does Aaron have a white going noise in, uh, machine in his garage? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. You have a white noise machine in your garage. I use the white noise app on the phone. I use the white noise app on his phone. All right, moving on. I'll jump into number six. Volume six. It's uh, almost 7 p.m. I've been uh, out and about in the neighborhood with my mask on uh, (laughs) while my son rode his scooter, so I got to see the light of day a bit. That was nice. (laughs) 
This is the awkward part of the night where um, I'm not going in the house to put uh, Wallace to bed. So awkward. my wife is uh, entirely on that duty um, by herself. He took a nap today at school, so that means bedtime is the worst. Long. That's bad. Oof. And yep, uh, I'm going to sit awkwardly on the porch um, until <laughs> she can come out and drink a beer with me. And um, hope it doesn't last too long. Uh, bedtime, that is. And uh, I'll report back when it's time to lock me in my cave. I, <laughs> if, if this ends with Aaron, doing, it sounded like you had an erection there. If this yeah. if this ends with Aaron doing the I'm so scared so from the Blair Witch Project, we got to yeah. turn this off. I can't All handle right. it. Aaron's crying. Here in we the go. Corner. Now we have one. I just I just wrote critters next to it. <laughs> All right, trapped in a tent. I think this is volume seven. Uh, this is a wrap for Wednesday. Uh, 10 p.m. This is one day he's done tent. seven. I do have an air mattress in the tent. It's pretty luxurious in there. So I'm going to hop in there, tuck myself in. I had a little nightcap uh, on the porch with my lady. Uh, drank a uh, Mr. October, what we shared, uh, splitsies, not not from the same can. Of course not. Uh, Mr. October, a double A IPA from Hen House Brewing. That's the most errant statement is where he's <laughs> so got to go into it. Delicious. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to call it a night. Uh, I heard some uh, critter activity happening around <laughs> 7 when I was out here folding some laundry. The t shirts say critter activity or critter action. Seven, and then oh, I'll probably hear them uh, when they come home around 5 30 in the morning. Um, I'm pretty sure I heard some co- coyotes outside yeah. too. Oh, no. Uh, far away. But I guess oh, that's, that's probably going to drive the uh, rats inside. Oh, <laughs> anyway, hope you a good night of sleep and uh, catch up with everybody in the morning. All right, next one. I- I'll edit these a little Trapped bit. We'll in the see. Tent, volume nine, three thirty-seven p.m. on Thursday. Uh, made a quick trip inside to pick up some uh, tools for grilling my weekly chicken. Mm-hmm. And, you make, you make the uh, chicken my lady the was inside still? the house laughing to herself. Turns out she was listening to Beck did it better. Yeah, uh, I think she mostly liked the Emerson parts, though. Oh, what <laughs> but anyway, the yeah, what the like hell? Who's Never having him on again. Make All right, live, make her live in the garage for a while. All right, so now at, at this point, Aaron ran into a little problem because his wife went to bed early. So how yeah. is Aaron going to solve this problem? But <laughs> his one kink of getting locked into the be- l- l- garage by the wife isn't going to happen. Let's see. Trapped in a tent, volume 10. Sad story tonight, everyone. Uh, I had to lock myself in the garage. Uh, my lady went to bed early. I came here by myself. Um, I had to do some um, shenanigans to lock the garage, climb out the window, go back in the house, get my stuff, come back out, lock up some stuff in the house, come back in the window. So I locked myself in tonight, uh, but I'm um, settling in to do a little bit of reading, maybe listen to some music. Try to get some sleep. Uh, I heard the rats saying goodnight uh, about 15 minutes ago. If I heard a rat, I could not just <laughs> say, like, oh, it's time for me to go back. sleep. That would not right. be. Hope everybody else has a great night. Too. All right, last one. Last one. And this is the one I just marked losing his mind. So now we have gone from Tuesday to Saturday. So this was Saturday this night. Is, this, so is this is the Saturday. Arc. The full character in our tent. Lucky number 13. He's Halloween talking normal now. I realized this morning that blood on the tracks is great. Breakfast making music. He's lost his mind. I think it's the best morning album we've heard yet. <laughs> I also had a distressing conversation yesterday uh, where uh, my wife noticed that the spot I've been using for the bathroom in the yard is starting to smell real bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it turns out I should have been uh, spreading it around the yard. So, you know, um, so that's, that's something new for the a bush. It could have been a critter. It could have been a critter yeah. to the yard. You just go in the but, middle of the uh, yard, you find a bush. Life is going okay. I took my COVID test yesterday. Hope <laughs> to get those results back soon. 
and uh, maybe move back in the house. Nope. Hoping. I mean, right. test unreliable. Stay as, in the garage. As much as I care about Aaron's health, I don't know if I've ever wished for a positive COVID test more in my life. Because like three more weeks of this would be fantastic. We would record every day. I would make Aaron continue with this diary. I might make Aaron continue with the diary even if he moves back in. I get such a kick out. I was listening to this in front of my family, and they're like, what the hell are you listening to? I was like, I don't have time to explain. This is Aaron's, video. Aaron's audio diary. So what is, why is your wife out there smelling different parts of the yard? I don't get what's going on. I mean, it wasn't her fault. She was like, wait, why does the yard smell so bad? And I was like, oh, well, I was kind of doing an experiment. Like, let me just pee in the same place all the time and see what happens. Like, and it turns out it smells a lot like rotten pee in the yard. So I should have spread it around. I didn't know that would happen. I I don't even know what to say to that. I, that uh, that's such a problem I would never have. I mean, just smells like your yard smells like the New York City subways. Like it's just like, oh, yeah, she was like, awful. it smells like a barn out here. And I was like, well, I guess I, guess I, I can't wait for the neighbor who's angry that you've got the ivy on the side of the building because that's what attracting the rats to figure out that you've yeah. been urinating in the yard you the renter has been urinating in the yard so does she let you take the metal bucket of chicken out to the garage or what are you allowed to take with you as as rats? oh god that would attract more critters don't do that no, don't bring I mean, any so, chicken so, out there i mean to be clear Critter i do action. go into the house i think he takes Rob, all the stuff and lifts it up on a rope like to the middle of the garage like when you're out yeah. camping so no <laughs> bears bear? get in there rob yeah. chose oh, a few of my Audio diary vulnerable uh, moments. Yeah. Uh, I am going into the house a, a few times a day to, um, I make coffee for my lady. I make some breakfast here and there. See, all my food is in the fridge. Although I do have some, I noticed tonight, I'm very excited. I have some um, spicy peanuts that I purchased in the. Oh my God. He's losing his goddamn mind. <laughs> and I didn't realize that they were here with me until tonight. So I'm super pumped to open those. Wow. But, um, yeah, early in the week, I had like a good bunch Game of snacks high. out here. I'm, I typically fill up like two bottles of water, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do go in. I go into the I pee fridge, in that spot. you know, once in a yeah, while. Yeah, I guess you know, I I guess I would like some spicy nuts too. But I, what I really love is going to going to bed with my wife uh, and feeling you know that unconditional love that she gives me, where I sleep inside. The, the listeners will never see it. But every time Rob's got a joke and you know he's got a joke, he goes like this, guys, and he goes like this, like, uh, yeah, and he looks off to the yeah. side and then comes back. Yeah. Uh, Just yeah, in case. You know, what I'd really like is uh, to sleep with my wife tonight. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's his tell every time. You know he's going to tell it. That's how you know it's a good one is I look yeah. to the side like, oh, wait till these guys get yeah. a load of this joke where I'm making fun of a very serious situation that you're yeah. in. What if what if Rob gets exposed to the virus and has to just live in his his daughter's room for the next two weeks <laughs> in the studio? Yeah, that would be Flabby Road. I'd, I'd be stuck in Flabby Road here for a while. It'd be, it'd be tough. So, Aaron, I'm officially going to give the rolling going tor- torch to you. I don't know if you have anything more to say, but that's it for my rolling going. Was Aaron's in the garage? I, and I love it. <laughs> no, I think you've you've covered my rolling going. Uh, you guys know that I'm living in my garage. Uh, I took my COVID test on Friday morning. They said one to three days. Uh, on the internet, but then when the nurse gave me the test, she said 72 hours. So I'm hoping 9 a.m. tomorrow I get that negative result. I hope Aaron has no Wi-Fi out in the garage and his his wife has found out he's been negative for like three days. And she's oh. like, fuck that guy. He's going to the garage yeah. for like another six days. <laughs> I like it in the house by myself. This is great. I love it. Aaron he comes in, makes me coffee, leaves. I don't have to I can listen to the podcast and laugh at Robin, Matt and Russ's yeah. jokes oh, and yeah. act like they're the best thing about this oh, pod. Yeah. 
takes his bucket of chicken and leaves. I was wondering why she emailed me and asked me for a version where I cut out everything Aaron says and it's just us three talking. Okay, whatever. That's fine with me. I'll send you that. I don't care. I guess the one other thing that I will say is that um, one of the things that I did today was to try to clean up uh, the garage a bit more. And we noticed uh, a place in the garage where um, whoever my critter friends are had been leaving their, um, you know, droppings. <laughs> so I um, did some cleanup. Yeah, I did some cleanup. And I was this is the Oakland was, thing. Aaron, Aaron at no point decided I'm going to put a trap down for these things. Oh, he, yeah. He's just going to coexist. No, you got to call critter control for that. You got to, I mean, you know, so. No, you don't. No, you don't. All along. What are you talking about, Aaron? No, you know, yeah. you go to the hardware store and you say, give me a rat trap and they arrest yeah. you immediately yeah. in California. <laughs> give, me a, give me a shovel. Put, put down so a bucket of antifreeze. You'll be this. fine. I cleaned up yeah. a bit and then I took Even out the Even the cat's like, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I grew up playing basketball, but I, all my friends played hockey. So we got out of college, right? And they all want to start a, a men's hockey league. They said, hey, you, we'll let you play. If they, if, if you sign up, if you organize a team, I'm like, great, I'll play. So I organized the team. I went out and bought all the gear and all the stuff. And I was horrible at hockey, but I scored three goals in six years. And That's so, good. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah if you scored, they, you know, they let me come horrible. out and hang what out. What was your you. celebration when you scored, Matt? Did you ride the stick like oh, a horse? Did oh, you do the? Oh. No, I just was so surprised that the puck even went in. So, but that, so, but. But then all of a sudden that all ended, right? So I had this hockey bag full of gear. Uh-oh. I had my skates, had my breezers, had my backup jerseys and all this stuff. And I threw it up in the rafters. Had every every right? toy your kids ever had that they had fun with, you put it in that bag and hit it in the corner. <laughs> right. You punish them. Bitches. And so five years. It's been sitting up there for five years. So last year, my kids, my uh, I got an eight-year-old. He was seven at the time. And then a four-year-old. They decided they want to get into skating. I'm like, great. All right, you know what? I got skates. I played hockey. I scored three goals in six years. I I know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> and so, and so I go up, and this is the middle of the winter. To get ice out on on uh, Kenny Kenny Park down there, two blocks away from me. We're gonna go down to the warming house. We're gonna get going. I borrowed some skates from Brandon from Edina, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna learn this, right? So I get up on the ladder, and I'm crawling up there, and it's January, and I go to grab my skates out, right? And you hit. Get a little bit of a funky smell. Oh no! You know, and then all of a sudden you start. Aaron's seeing like, all "That's this, normal like, to me. That's my backyard." Yeah. <laughs> you start seeing all this like something's all chewed up, right? So I grab my skates out, right, and a mouse runs down my arm, oh! it's on my chest like this, right, and I give out the girliest, <laughs> cheesiest <laughs> scream in the whole world because I'm up on a ladder. I'm like four rungs up in the ladder. And I'm like, ah, ah, you know, I'm throwing it off, right? And my heart rate is just racing. And I feel like the biggest dumbass in the world because I'm screaming because a mouse is running. You know what I mean? But moral of the story is that, yeah, you can't leave any blankets or ice skates or breezers, anything out in the no. garage because mice will find it. I got oh, very just, scary. One note in response to Matt's uh, comment that he's no good at hockey. Matt is by far the best broomball player on this podcast. So I don't know if Matt was bad at hockey, right. great at broomball. I don't know where it would put the rest of us. I mean, I know Russell, you had your hockey escapades, but just to be good at broomball, don't you just have to not be afraid to fall? Like that was always my problem in broomballs. I never wanted to fall, so I could never go anywhere. I just stood there. I didn't or mind I falling. Just I just I didn't. I, I never decided. figured out how to hit the damn ball. Russell, yeah, you scored a goal in the broomball, fall. right? I was pretty decent in broomball until I tore up my knee playing broomball because my move was oh. <laughs> if if good players like Matt were on the other team, they would come flying down the ice, and I would always play defense for our team. 
and I would go running at them and just slide right into the ball. So I wasn't even like trying to play with a stick. I would just use my body and knock it out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I tore my meniscus, uh, I think junior year, senior year playing broom ball. We had, it, we had, you know, intramural was a broom ball was a intramural sport at St. Olaf. Right. Yeah. So at Richfield, the, there's a uh, gym teacher there named Kim, Kim Niederlucky. And she played on the, women's national team for the u.s and played until she was broom ball yeah oh it's so big and so it she played it so she would make it (laughs) yeah rob you've never heard of kim neater lucky (laughs) well i mean i have the other jersey you know i have some other jerseys from the team but not the alternate (laughs) but miss neater lucky she was so into broom ball she she made as a gym teacher she made it in a sport we had a two-week uh class and then she made an intramural sport at Richfield High School, right? So we've been playing since ninth grade up, right? And so we get to St. Olaf, and nobody's ever heard of broomball. You got all these Iowa people coming in who have no idea what it is. Yep. Guilty. All these other people. And so we literally, we found every Richfield person at St. Olaf, Karen from Richfield, Sarah, who lives in uh, Atlanta now from Richfield, Joe, Steve, you guys know these guys, um, and then Nate, Nate was in your guys grade was was uh roommates with Mark from Richfield. We found all we just Matt, made just Matt, Richfield name, people. Name like 17 more people before you get to the point <laughs> <No>. here. <laughs> just yeah, name dropping me. You guys, you guys dominated. You guys were doing stuff with the with the broom and the ball that I'd never seen before. It, it didn't even really hang out with these people, but it was like, "Oh, hey, we're we're going to get this broom ball team together, right?" And it was like 30 to 1. 28 to two. Like us. it was so fun. Yeah. It was and, just and, and I think everybody, if, if you're not familiar with broom ball, you're picturing like corn brooms with like hitting a, I don't know what you're picturing, but it literally is like, like a, a mini a, soccer ball. It's like a, it's a mini soccer ball and you're hitting it with a, with basically like the, a shovel handle and attached to the end of the shovel handle <laughs> is about a five pound chunk of plastic that if you were sliding into a ball and this thing hits you, it would knock the shit out of you, Russell. And I can't believe you do that. Like it's outside. so heavy. And it's yeah. and in Minnesota, it's so cold, and you get all these college kids who are just running around giving people concussions on the ice. Like, forget about it. I was no actually going to start a new type of broom ball for the Richfield people. What I was going to do is put Aaron and Matt out there and then release a mouse and just watch them run around and <laughs> on the ice for 20 minutes. No, the irony is, is that the sound of a mouse running around is now what Aaron needs to sleep. Like, when he comes in, he's going to play <laughs> sound effects of a mouse machine. running to go to bed. He's like he's going to be like in the Jungle Book. He's going to have trouble adapting to the to the living in the village. You know, speaking of Minnesota, I think that's a great transition to an album because this is our second album in a row where part of it was recorded in Minnesota. So now, oh, hey, I'm glad that came up organic. Who do you Nothing think would be nice. better at, at Broomball, Prince or Bob Dylan? Prince. Oh, I, you got to say Prince. Prince. I Prince. Prince. Prince but I would pay to see that. It would be great. Yeah. Yes. Yep. They're both about five two, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. But neither one of them, like, they'd play, and then neither one of them would tell you anything about it. They would both be like, "Yeah, well, you know." Or like, they'd they write a song be, about it that was like very vague in terms of yeah, who was, you know, yeah. yeah. Oh, that song about tigers and dragons—that was about the broomball game. Uh, so, yeah, I was as, as a Minnesotan. Nothing made me happier to see we have another Minnesota album. Basically, let's let's get into the background of Blood on the Tracks. I, I it's really interesting to go from an album where you have this perfection of sound coming from Prince, right? To now, all of a sudden, we kind of get sloppy Bob Dylan. And I think that's the theme for this album is that Bob Dylan, from all accounts, was a real mess when he was making this album. Yeah. Basically, everyone involved with this album hated almost every minute of it. They hated Bob Dylan by the end of it. Uh, part of it was that Bob Dylan was it was involved in separating from his wife, Sarah, at the time. 
And even now, and he was out, actually, he wrote, he wrote this album, Living on a Farm in Minnesota. Now, I could not figure out what this farm was. I tried to look it up. It's 40 minutes west of the cities on the Crow River. So I'm sure that somebody who's smarter than me can figure this out. Um, but he, she, so she, he was living on this farm. He did, he did, he'd made the album, and but he will never say it's about his divorce. In one interview, he said it was about this is a very painful album. He's like, I don't know how people could enjoy this album. It's so painful for me. But his son, uh, Jacob, says it's about divorce, right? Yes, Jacob's like, I can't listen to the album. It's too hard for me to listen to. And then Bob comes back and says, No, I was just kidding. It's about these checkoff plays, or it's about. You know, like it's just I was I was ex- standard operating procedure, though. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's just all these things. I think but Matt bas- probably coached him on this. When, when Bob Dylan found out he was singing about his feelings, he went to his consigliere, <laughs> Matt, and Matt said, don't ever admit these this songs are yeah. about your feelings. Say it was you about some play. And you shove it down. You just <laughs> keep shoving it down. and shoving it. It's the Minnesota way of doing it. Mm-hmm. You put it, it on your spreadsheet. It, it very passive aggressive about it. And then, yeah. yep. You shove it way deep down, it never comes out in an explosion of fury, you know, towards your kids, and then you have to apologize to them. You put them in that bag, and you hope to God that mouse never runs out of that bag and lets Start you Start yelling at your them. kids one day for no reason, you know, it's all this stuff's bubbling up, and then all of a sudden your neighbors are, yeah, just shove that in there. It'll come out eventually. Yeah. Basically, oh. Dylan tried to meet with the with this Mike Bloomfield who helped him on highway 61, he was thinking about more electric sound again. And then Dylan, basically, I was wondering if he was still on speed during this because he was that Mike Bloomfield said he came up and he's like, okay, play this song. And then he'd play the song really fast. He'd really. And then he was like, wait, what? And then Dylan would be like, okay, play this song. And he's like, well, that song sounds exactly like the other song you just played. It's the same key. It's the same. He's like, okay, no, now play this song. And then he would get pissed when this Mike Bloomfield couldn't play the songs. Now, first of all, I don't blame Mike Bloomfield listening to this album all the songs sounded almost exactly the same. Like if you were trying to teach somebody, it would be almost impossible. And then when he was recording it, basically he, he had his band that he was playing it with. And then he would just start kicking people out if they, when they weren't doing what they wanted. And that's why so many of these songs are just him and a bass player is like the super stripped down version because he just, he, he literally, when they were recording this, he would switch from song to song, like a medley and we learned on Highway 61, he barely took time to practice it anyway, so everybody was way lost during this. Then he finished the album. They had pressed 10,000 albums into vinyl. He goes home and plays it for his brother on the farm. And the brother goes, dude, this album's a total disaster. If you release this, it's going to be a mess. So they went into Minneapolis to with this guitar place uh, with this guitar owner, showed him, and they re-recorded five songs, and that's what's on the album. Now, a lot of those earlier takes were released, of course, on, on some different albums or some different stuff. But that's what this album is, I think, is just Bob Dylan. It's it's him going through a divorce, and it's just him. This just seems to me like there's got to be some alcoholism or some drug use going on during this album. Just from all the accounts, if you read it, it's really, really wild. Should we get yeah, into the music rough. here? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> this is the saddest album we've heard yet. Should we get into the music? Yeah, let's get into it. All right, Tangled Up in Blues. This was oh, they, they they say they recorded this on a two-track player, no overdubs. This is a live recording from Minnesota. This is the first single off the album. Highest it got on the charts was 31st. How is that possible? This song only got up to 31 on the on the it charts. It's only got one number one album of all time. I, I bet it would have at least gotten to 25, 26 if it didn't have the terrible harmonica in the last 30 seconds of the song. <laughs> Did he really only have one number one song? Is that what you're saying, man? And it came out this year. The 17-minute song about the assassination of JFK. <laughs> He's only ever had one Billboard number one song. That's crazy. That can't be true. A couple of 
Google? That's, that's wild. No, I'm not going to Google it. He probably, but it would have messed up his whole mystique if he had a number one. I love this song, though. I think it's a really interesting song. And it's great song. He's played it like 1,800 times live. It's a great song. To, it's, it's a wonderful song, but it's, I, I mean, you kind of feel the story. He was working with an artist who he said taught him how to shift times. And he said that was part of the reason he split up with his wife is that he tried to explain it to her and she just couldn't understand it. And I was like, well, that doesn't, that sounds like such think. a thing you'd say when you're divorcing your wife. It's like, hey, why'd you get divorced? That sounds like what uh, you say after the fact when you're like, oh, I slept with these three other girls, but um, uh, maybe it was what? that they knew more about time like, or whatever. So, yeah, right? The thing is, you don't understand time. Like what I did yesterday, that's like not even there anymore. <laughs> and the wife's like, no, you fuck this chick. Like that's still time. Yeah, no, you don't not- get it. Oh, we got to get divorced. I'm going to the farm in Minnesota. All right, Bob Dylan. Okay, so I labeled all these songs first with the name Bob Dylan. So that's very helpful for me when I'm reading this. We can't see the names, but we can see Bob Dylan. So I'm just going to say the words Bob Dylan one million times. So just in case you forget, every song I'm going to remind you, Bob Dylan sings this. All right, Bob Dylan. God, don't do that again, Rob. Don't just read it. Simple twist of fate. I do love, I love how he really hits the word that rhymes with fate in this song. This is the one where, yeah, you, you play the first song and you think, like, oh, maybe this is a breakup album. And then you hear this song and you're like, I don't think I'm emotionally prepared to listen to this entire album. And I will tell you guys, this is, I, I often, I try to listen to these albums in a number of different contexts. And uh, this is not an exercising album. Nope. No. Oh, yes. no. Oh, God. I just, yeah, I can't do it. No, I, I had, honestly, I had no idea this was a breakout album until I saw it on Wikipedia. No, I, I couldn't. I have no fucking idea what he's talking about. I'm like his wife. I can't understand the shifts in time. I'm like, what is he talking about? It's all too much for me. It's it's, it's too heavy. You're a big girl now. That's such a Bob terrible Dylan. title. Such a bad yeah, title. Terrible. So this is about at the end of a relationship. Okay, so I can just repeat that. I'm just going to clip that and put it in after <laughs> I just, every song. I want, I want to, I want to hear all of these songs sung by someone other than Bob Dylan. And I looked. What's weird is I looked for covers of this album, and Dylan has been covered so many times by so many great musicians, and there are not very many covers of this album by other musicians. Well, I wonder if his litigious nature is part of that. I think we're going to talk about that a little later. But I, Maybe, I, I think yeah, he's I, a guy who's quick to pull the trigger. Matt, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, as a Everybody knows I'm a big Pearl Jam fan, right? But, like, you know, the whole thing of, like, even Eddie Vedder, like, you you can't understand half the crap he says, right? And, like, do I like the music because of the lyrics that are coming at it? No. And I think Bob Dylan is a lot of the same thing. He uses his voice as an instrument and his inflections, his ups and downs. And Rosie knows way more about this than I would. But, like, when I hear, like, this song, the last two songs... I hear the when he goes way up and down, you know, and I, I would can, call that uh, vocal variety in, in my public speaking class. Is that what it is? Yeah. And so the vocal, vocal variety, variety, of, vocal variety. Of it, and using <laughs> it as an instrument more than like trying to understand what he's trying to tell us here. Like, mm. I, I, I don't know. And maybe maybe yeah, this is just me, but like right. I, I never I never get into any of these songs. There's a couple of Bob Dylan songs out of like the 18 albums we've heard on on the top 100, you know, from the previous list. Um, there's like one or two where I'm like, oh man, he's really speaking to me here. But the other one's just like, hey, it's just a great song, and he's he's got some good musicality here, and you know the vocals are they, they really fit with the song. So I don't know, I just I don't, I never listen to these as like trying to get anything out of the lyrics, but like he sings them so great, it's just so different. I don't know, that's why 
That's why I like him. I don't know. I 100% agree with Matt's point there, but I come at it from a different angle, which is I think I love what he does with his voice, but I want to hear someone who can sing better than him do it with their voice. Like, so I, yeah. we're, we're like two ends of the spectrum, but I, I, I totally agree. Russell. But like who's going to do it like, you know what I mean? Like name, name somebody else. I mean, even like Eddie Vedder, this is not his style. But like, who else does it like this, right? Well, I'm thinking of like, there's so many good soul covers of Dylan. So Billy Paul, Nina Simone, like those are the people I want to hear. But none of them covered these this this entire album. Did you guys yeah. enjoy this album more than the other Bob Dylan albums we listened to? I did by it, I did by a factor of a hundred. I would say way more than Blonde on Blonde. I don't even think it was close with Blonde on Blonde. Oh, this the, one I like way more. This is the best I, morning album of the ones we've heard. Like, I love putting this album the, on in the morning. Yeah, I agree. What the fuck are you talking? You, this, you keep saying that in the morning. What are you? you just, it's like you. You. I mean, I. That's also the life I'm living. Right. Like, that's the only time I'm in my house is in the morning trying to make some coffee. So it's like a perfect, <laughs> like, just like introduction to the day. I, I love like the. I love when I'm in my house. That's just in the mornings, <laughs> but it's great. This is a great getting out of the garage song, which happens at one hour a day. <laughs> yeah, I, I like this way more than Highway 61 too. I I really enjoy this album, but I, I just the songs are so 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 similar. Uh, Idiot Wind coming up next. They think that he might be comparing this. And again, any research you do on Bob Dylan is so fucked because he just never tells you what's going on. <laughs> It's like, it's just a mess. His Wikipedia is a real mess. I feel bad because Matt made a great point and I stepped on it with my garage shit. Oh, no, not at all. No. <laughs> his, his, they might be comparing his, his own relationship failure to the Vietnam War. Sure, why not? You know, I, they're both bad, I guess. I don't like know. If you get that out of that, great. But like, I don't get that at all. I never would have. I'll put that on Wikipedia then, so I have something more to read. Every yeah. one of these songs had a had a thing on Wikipedia. Nothing Tell me, you guys are now going to rephrase the word "idiot" the way Bob Dylan says it from now where It's like, yeah, I love it. I love that he's created his own, his own new language. I love yeah. it. This is the first time I thought I realized he was saying "idiot" for this part. I thought he was, right. he was saying like, I. It, Bob Dylan is Eminem before Eminem was Eminem. Uh, well, that's he knows probably. how to use them damn words. I yeah, can tell that's you that. true. There is, there's actually kind of a really cool lyric here, and you guys were talking about wanting to hear other artists do Bob Dylan songs. So maybe, Rob, can you pull up one of the, the very first verse that comes up in this song? That's a pretty good one. Nice. Came to me. Awesome. <laughs> That's so good. That's pretty good. So there's a really cool story that with this song that did you guys know that Pootie and the Blowfish actually their song is it all I, all I want to be with you or what, what's that song? Only, only want to be, be with you. So yeah. they actually part of this one on the list. Part of this song is kind of a tribute to Bob Dylan, and they actually just took the lyrics that I just mentioned and they sing about. Um, put on a little Dylan, and you guys will recognize this from the song. Rob, can oh, you keep so that on a little right, Dylan. And then they use the exact same lyrics. Wow, they do, yeah. I don't understand what he's saying either. I, yeah, I think I just have bad hearing. And then she died. She died. It came, it came to me. me. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Guys, wow, knew. what a pull, Russell. Holy shit, right. Russell, I never knew that's what he was so, about. what a pull. This makes me want to watch Blossom. Damn. So, Rudy <laughs> and the Blowfish actually had this lyric 
in in the song, and Bob Dylan's management team knew about it when he put it in there, and they had no issue with it. But then all of a sudden, when Hootie and the Blowfish blew up and were making all this money, they're like, oh, fuck this. You guys got to pay us for that. So eventually, uh, Hootie and the Blowfish had to pay Bob Dylan's team for doing that in the song. But what's interesting is it didn't ruin the relationship because I believe Bob Dylan co-wrote Wagon Wheel with yeah. Darius Rucker Huge. later on. So I thought that was a really cool story. Wait a minute. Wait a Huge minute. Hit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's so cool. Wagon Wheel is not an original to Hootie. It's old Crow Medicine show, right? Right. But yeah. I think Bob Dylan co-wrote on that. Did he, with old, okay. Okay, f- fair, fair enough. Fair I, enough. I don't want to, I don't want to make, right, turn this into sense. the Barrister's Brunch, but like how, isn't it fine to quote another song within a song? They, they weren't period, they, they weren't doing a you parody, ask, they weren't Ask sampling. John Lennon. How the ask, fuck? Ask John Lennon with that Chuck Berry song. It was the same thing, except they just made him sing songs on the album. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't understand there's how. A, there's a bunch of Dylan stuff that it, that has been now. I think people have turned that on him even. A bunch of like 18th century, 19th century poets, um, you know, some lyrics that he's taken yeah. from them. and Dylan all ripped their off a bunch estate. of stuff. His, whole, his first oh, three albums sure. were all ripped yeah. off. Yeah. I think if you look right. now at Only Want to Be With You, I think Dylan is listed as a writer on that song. That's part of it is that wow. he now gets like residuals from that song. That, how much money do you think he made off that song? Like that's when people are still buying albums. $25 million got, dollars minimum? A bazillion dollars. Yeah. Well, it, was, it was number 501 Rolling Stone. <laughs> here, so. uh, you're going to make me lonesome when you go. This the, the, There's a woman who claims that she used to fly out to his farm in Minnesota, and he wrote this song about her. But, of course, I, I bet there's a million people who think that Bob Dylan wrote a song about them. This is one where he did one take with the full band. He hated it. He kicked everybody out except for the bassist. So now we just have the bassist here. I've seen love go by my door. I do think that this, this album is bass-heavy for Never Dylan, and so I don't know if it's because I listen to it so much on my headphones. Or listen to it over streaming, you know, services. But it does seem like bass is prominent on a lot of these tunes. That's because it's just him, the guitar, and the bass. There's no drums, no nothing. And it's like, you know, some of these bass lines are kind of clever and playful. Oh yeah, I love, I love the interaction of just him and the bass. I think that sounds so good. All right, meet me in the morning. Well, see, Rob, it's a, this is a morning song. This is why Aaron likes it in the morning. Guys, meet me, meet me at Fifty Six in Wabasha. Could you think you can find that in the city somewhere? <laughs> no, it doesn't actually That's exist, a, but it's the first couple of lyrics of the song. Wabasha's in St. Paul, 56th in Minneapolis. Yeah, see, it doesn't make any sense. This sounds like an electric version of stuff that was on his first album. Like, he's obviously going, going back to his, you know, earlier stuff for this. Which at this point in his life was almost 20 years, right? His first album came out. Yeah, yeah I should look this is his 15th album. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's wild. This is his 15th album. Rob, you had mentioned earlier that he had kind of had all these issues with the band and fired the band and kind of re-recorded things. I saw this really interesting, this note about this album that the one musician that is actually credited by name on this album is this guy named Eric Weisberg. And he's actually, this is the first time I've ever got to use this term. He's a multi-instrumentalist, which is a term Aaron Ooh. uses quite often. Yeah. <laughs> and so he he's the only person who's credited as a backing musician on this album, and it's only on this song. And so I was like, I wonder who this guy is. And it turns out this guy had his hands in all these amazing songs. So I wanted to give you guys a list to give Eric Weisberg the credit he deserves. Whoa. These are the Whoa. top Eric Weisberg songs of all time. I'm so stoked for this. It's, it's, it's time. Four, three, two, one. For another, 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 another,
All right. Matt's holding up his Eric Weisberg album that he bought today. So this is going to be good. I think Two dollar bin. They're all going to be covered. Yeah. I'm excited for this. One of the things that made Eric Weisberg being on this album at the time and then being fired from it is because he was actually very, very famous for a song that you guys will know. It's Dueling Banjos. Whoa. First dance at my wedding. Hello? <laughs> I'm listening to the tune, man. Rob, you have a lot of first dances at your wedding. It was a long way. So this is this is Eric Weisberg, one of the guys playing dueling banjo. He's, he's playing banjo on this. Holy this shit. is one of the two guys. Yep. I played this for my son recently because uh, we were talking about a lightsaber duel in Star Wars. He wanted to know what other kinds of duels there are, and I was like, "Well, you, you have dueling banjos." And I wish I had known it was Eric Weisberg when I played it for him. You should show him the movie Deliverance. He'd learn a lot about being outdoors <laughs> oh, no. and stuff, and <laughs> you know, relationships. So- so when I was looking up, Eric, it sounds like his his band was called Deliverance. Yeah. He also played on with some bands that you guys also like. The next one is Talking Heads, which I believe is a Rob favorite. We have Creatures of Love, where he's playing the steel guitar here. Whoa, I don't know. Talking Heads had such a country influence. This is totally a country song. Well, listen to that steel guitar. Oh, that's good. It's so interesting to hear in an album like this, isn't it? Where it's so, so like hyper produced compared to Bob Dylan, where you can literally hear him like scratching on his guitar <laughs> or on some songs. Like yeah. he was like, okay, that's good. We're done with that take. I know another artist that Aaron and Matt, I think you guys have both seen him in concert is Billy Joel. The next song is Traveling Prayer. I don't know if you guys know this one. I do know the song. Oh, this is Weisberg playing the banjo Shot. with Billy Joel. Oh, jeez. This is such a cut. Wow. Guys, I'm enjoying this more than the Bob Dylan songs we've listened to. I'm not Can you blame right. Bob Dylan fired this guy from his, from his album? I'm telling you, it was a mess. That's the theme of this album. It was a hot mess. Ooh, I know this song. Young Billy Joel. It's so good. Because, you know, you know, on top That's of that, Russell, fire. like, all those musicians in Minnesota that they hired never got credited. They got paid scale. They never got names on the album. They never get any sort of award. We're giving or Eric the credit he deserves. He actually just passed away, I believe, at the age of eighty in early twenty twenty. So we're giving him the credit he deserves on Beck did it better today. I'm sure I'm sure both our listeners will be thrilled. <laughs> the next song that he also he played banjo and steel guitar with, see if you guys remember this one. John Denver, Take Me Home, Country Road. Oh, my God. Take me home. Oh, Russell. Aaron's shocked. (laughs) You're going to move me to tears. I love this song so much. Aaron, you need to stop being on the podcast and be like a listener. I think you're you're like our best listener. (laughs) I don't even know if Aaron downloads. I would much rather have Aaron off the podcast and get another download a week. Uh, You know where John Denver's wife went to college? Gustavus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, A friend of mine. Friend of mine, his wife, uh, John Denver, and his wife are godmother, godfather. Jesus. When I stole records from my mom's house, she had a bunch of John Denver ones, and she said that he was dating someone that went to Gustavus at the time. I think my mom was there, and that he would come and play concerts at Gustavus all the time back in, like, the 70s. I got a John Denver record I stole from my mom. It's got uh, Grandma's feather bed on it. It's got uh, homegrown tomatoes. Oh, man. Russell, So the the number one song— Featuring Eric Weisberg, we gotta we're gonna go to our multi instrumentalist back to our roots. 
We've got Herbie Mann covering Down on the Corner Ooh. by John Fogarty oh, with shit. Eric Weisberg playing the guitar. <laughs> this song is sexy. Herbie Mann did not do it better. I didn't what? think he did. But I like Eric Weisberg, look at all the look at all the, all the types of music this dude plays. I would Bob Dylan, every day. He didn't have time Street. for it. I would listen to this every day. By the way, this is off the Herbie Mann album Reggae 2. That's why I was. So this is his second reggae album. What? He's <laughs> like the first one wasn't enough. He's like he's like, "Hey, you know that song, that Creed's Clear Arrival song down on the corner? Oh yeah, I love that song, but it's so fast. We got to play it way slower." And everybody's like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "Yeah, let's slow it way down." I couldn't find the correct version of this, but there was one other one that I really wanted to share with you guys, and it was a Baroque album where oh. him and this other guy were playing like the banjos in like a Baroque style, but I couldn't find it anywhere but on a CD, and I couldn't find the right song. But this guy was so talented, he deserves our recognition today. That's a $1 bin album for sure. That's an outstanding list. Any any list that lets me listen to John Denver, I'm all in on. What's his name again, Russell? <laughs> Sorry. I gotta go to my notes now. Eric Weisberg is his name. Eric Weisberg. We salute you. Thank you for all of your contributions. (laughs) Eric Weisberg is like, really? That's what my life was for right here? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you're not dead until people stop saying your name, Eric Weisberg. His family's gonna hear about he always had a podcast. They're gonna download this and be like, well, this is not the tribute we were hoping for. It's gonna be a Hootie the Blowfish situation where they sue us for all the money we're making on this. A whole different band. Yeah. Hootie the Bluefish, that's what Bob Dylan's talking about with past tense. He's like, blow, blue, to be blow, to might be blown in the future, fish. All right. Nice work. Uh, uh, Lily Rose and Rosemary. And God damn it, I have the name and it's too big. Really, Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts. These titles are too long to fit on this goddamn program I use to play them. Bob Dylan, knock it off. Speaking of long, eight minutes, 51 seconds. Yeah, Oof. I was going to say, if you screw up the title of this for another nine minutes, we'd be about even with Bob on this one. I knew it was a long song when the time Russell wanted me to play was 7-12 into the song. I, I like this song. Like, it's very long, but this is the actual story where if you pay attention and listen, there's a story that yeah. can be understood from it. How many times do you think the guys from OAR listened to this song before they wrote uh, Crazy Game of Poker? Like, obviously, to me, this is Crazy Game of Poker is the sequel to this song, right? Yeah, absolutely. Matt and Rob, do you guys know the game about Crazy Game of Poker? You guys know that song, right? Can we pull oh. that up, Rob? Yes. Je- Jeff from... Uh... Apple Valley loves that song. I mean, I love that song too. I can't, I can't get, I can't escape it. This is OAR. And when Aaron and I were in college, we were huge fans of this band and specifically this song. It's a longer song about poker, but the coolest thing about this song is that supposedly there's this game where you're supposed to try to shotgun seven beers before the song is over. (laughs) And so I don't think I could shotgun seven beers during crazy game of poker because it's like seven minutes. Oh yeah. Oh eight fifty. It's about the exact same and length as the other right? one. Like it's Such clearly it's clearly a companion piece to Jack of Hearts, right? Yeah. Rob, how many Mike's Hard Lemonades could you shotgun during oh. this crazy game of poker <laughs> or Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts? I'll tell you what, man, I can tell I'm getting old. I had like five pieces of candy last night for Halloween and I was mm. so, so sick. I was like, oh God, I feel like garbage. Uh, speaking of garbage candy, all the time. Why am I not used to it? Speaking of candy, I got an Amazon delivery at my house yesterday 
and it was a bag full of old lady candies. So either one of my co-hosts <laughs> or one of our listeners has been kind enough to send me old lady candies for Halloween. And then I felt bad because I turned my lights off for trick or treat. So I just I'm gonna eat them all. <laughs> <laughs> Could be any of us, Russell. We all definitely know your address. Yeah. Uh, there's not one of us that definitely knows your address more than us. <laughs> Next up, if you see her, say hello. Oof, this say is a killer. Right. This is one of his most covered songs off this album, and he almost never plays it live. Speaking of, you have the album up, Rob. It's... The cover, this has to be the worst album cover ever, right? It, it must be like, I was going to say like his wife did it, but that's not, you know, like that's <laughs> obviously not the case. <laughs> but you know he had like a friend who's like, oh, Bob, use this album cover. And he's like, oh, the one where I look like I can't see anything? Okay, I'll use it. I, I kind of like this song. I think, think it's kind of beautiful and I can understand the lyrics. I understand the message. I, I really enjoy it. Matt, what do you think of this song? It's just... Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have no point. I have no Matt, call I mean, it's not a bad song. Matt, you it's get so excited. Song. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> it it okay. kind of reminded me of, remember that duet he did with Johnny Cash, Girl from the North Country? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that song, and I was like that song. Yeah, it's pretty similar. This album was 52 minutes long. Prince was like 45. This album felt twice as long to me listening to it compared to Purple Rain. I know it's not fair to compare it to Purple Rain, but. But this one's sad. It's like it's it's damn sad, and if you're not in the right mood for it, you're just gonna move on because this this is heavy shit. Best song in the world. God only knows what I'd do without you. Number two, Hot for Teacher by Van Halen. <laughs> Number three, as I told you guys in text, I can't remember what it was, but I know I declared it on this podcast earlier. So if somebody could email Beck did it better at gmail.com and let me know what the third best song of all time is, I would appreciate it. Number four, my favorite song. Shelter from the Storm. Yeah, this is it's just it's him and the really bass player good. again. Right? The bass on this album is really good. Why do you like it so much, Rob? I, I, I listened to this song obsessively for like a year. I bet I listened to it once a day. And I learned how to play it on guitar. I memorized all the lyrics, which takes like a thousand years. Was it I just you were driving the, home real fast? I... <laughs> Were you, were you hanging out with your one-eyed entertainer <laughs> blowing a feudal horn during that one, one year or not? Okay, so I just got what he's talking about there now that you say that, actually. That explained why it didn't go over well at my kid's school when I played it live. <laughs> Jesus, Rob, how dull are you that you didn't get that? God dang it. I just love that song. And, and you know, the, the version I love is the first take. He actually has a different version that's the first take he did, and it's that's the one on the Jerry Maguire soundtrack. So... Show me the money. I was, trying cool to, I, I was trying to find a... a you can see a how Beck, excited I am for this album. Show me the money. I was trying to find a, a Beck did it better for this Bob Dylan album, and I, I couldn't really find one for this album, but I found one for Bob Dylan. I thought we would give it a whirl here if you guys got a minute. Yeah. Hey, we're not so, going anywhere. So this is Bob Dylan tonight. wrote this song... I live in my garage, Russell. I got time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe it's called All Over Now, Baby Blue, or something like that. Rob, you got that one? I know that It's one. All Over Now, Baby Blue. And so he recorded this. You must leave now, take what you need, you think will last. Matt, do we know what album is 130? This is off of uh, Bringing It All Back Home. Yeah, so this is on Bring It All Back Home. And it's interesting that this band called Them, which was led by Van Morrison, heard this song and covered this song. So maybe if you could pull up 
you must leave now. Whoa. Take what you need. So Van Morrison and this band called Them covers this Bob Dylan song. Wait, what's the band's name? Them. Yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. Them. Them. No, Them. Yeah, what's their name? Them. It's Them? Them is the band. Yeah, who's Them? Him. Them? Them is Them. The Who is like, they got four other albums. Oh, they're The Who. Mm. That's Them? (laughs) Them's The Who. That was Them. Okay, but this is Now. So them (laughs) covers that Bob Dylan song. But then if you jump forward another 20 years or so, (laughs) Beck actually sampled that song by the them to create the song Jackass, which you guys will probably recognize. (laughs) Matt, guess who? Them. (laughs) (laughs) Jackass. Hey, this is Beck and welcome to Jackass. I've been drifting along. So I gotta ask you guys when it comes to when it comes to two degrees of separation, who does it better? (laughs) Beck does it better. Beck does it better. Hundred percent. Beck does it better. I would take I would take Beck's version with Van Morrison singing though. I like (laughs) Beck's version here. I take Beck over them. Them did a good job. Yeah, them. (laughs) Who? What a terrible band name. They're, they're like, yes. they saw the who and they're like, yes, they're so close, but we nailed it yes. now with them because there's m- lots of us. And then they, they combined, they did like a, who was the band where who? Slash combined with uh, the new singer of the other band? Velvet Revolver. Velvet Revolver. I saw, I saw Velvet Revolver yes. in concert and the opener was Hoobastank. And when Hoobastank played the reason, they literally apologized. They were like, listen, we're sorry. This is the song everyone wants to hear. We have to play it. And they played the reason, and then they got off stage, and then uh, Velvet Revolver came and kicked some ass. You know, Van Morrison. Van Morrison started a Hoobastank cover band called Them <laughs> Them Bastank. I was going to wonder if that joke's they, so funny. I was going to wonder if Them and the Who merged, if they would be called Them Who. <laughs> but what if Them, the Who, and the Guess Who merged? Them, guess, yes. them guess, guess Who. Guess. Guess who? Who them? I could just see people. Smart people right would have now. a better joke. Okay, wait. Let's let's think like smart people. Smart people would have a good joke here. What would it be? Yes. Okay, yes. I'm gonna go to the only thing I can think of for a joke right now. Sorry, guys. I gotta play it. We might need to get to the last song, "Buckets of Rain," immediately. No, I don't think so. All right. <laughs> Things are going fine. We're not going Scott to Wyland. Scott Wyland. Was he there for that? Was he the lead singer? <laughs> Rosie? Did you see, Rosie, did you see Scott Wyland? Was he uh, uh, who was the lead singer of that group? I think I did see Scott Wyland. Yeah, before he passed, right? He He's the lead singer of that. What was that group again? Uh, Velvet Revolver. Velvet Revolver. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think Scott Wyland from Stone Temple Pilots. That would be I think I saw it. It was at the Excel in like 04. Yeah, probably 03. Yeah, I agree with Rosie. Buckets of Rain is my favorite song on the album. <laughs> I like Buckets uh, of Rain. I think it's good. <laughs> I was I was shocked because I was like, Shelter from the Storm, fourth best song of all time. Love it. Great song. And then Buckets of Rain. And I was like, this is what I love again. It's the guitar and the bass and like yeah, a nice good. little song. It's great. I I don't know, guys. I I, I Let's get to our, our final rankings for this album. I I don't know what to say. Uh, let's go. Uh, hey, hey, we've what? we've never had a bad Bob Dylan episode, and we're not going to start. <laughs> we're not going to start now. 
Oh no, we're gonna finish now. That's what I said. <laughs> I said, listen, if the, if the episode can't be good, it, at least it'll be short. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> that's a shit. There's a lot of jokes there. <laughs> I put out the thing of like, guys, we're we're making shorter episodes now. Everybody, nobody was like, oh no, no, please don't, don't be shorter. Don't. <laughs> Our one fan on Twitter was like, why does Matt want it to be shorter? He's so grouchy about everything. <laughs> Our Beck did it better fan club, which has nobody following them except for Beck did it better the podcast. <laughs> and all it does, it seems like, is make fun of me. So I'm like, well, who? What is going on with this account? Um, that seems to be a theme probably your today. Sister. All right, yes, probably it probably is my sister. Uh, the final rating system is this is at number nine. Uh, and by the way, the last do you remember on the last list which album was number nine? Number nine. Number nine. nine. Number, Number nine. nine. It was Blonde on Blonde. It was the last one we did Whoa. before we, we had the switch up. So we're back to, guys, we're, Synergy. all the work we've done has gotten us right back to where we started. Right back all to right. Bob Dylan. So is this album rolling well-toned? It belongs to be at number nine. Is it rolling boned? It's too low on the list. Okay. It should have been higher. Uh, is this a rolling groan? It sh- it's too high on the list. It should be lower, which in this case means it should be 10, 11, 12. Rolling bone means it should be not eight, seven, six. Listen, I don't have to explain it. It's very, very clear. Uh, let's start with Rosie. Let's start with you. What do you give this album? I give it a rolling groan. I super enjoy the album. Um, and I think that I, I'm thinking that one of the things that led this to being in the top 10 of, uh, the new list is, is this new sincerity movement. So I, I, I love, and I appreciate the way that Dylan was willing to be as honest as Dylan gets uh, on this album and really lay his feelings bare. Um, but I just, and there's some songs I really love, but I just, I don't quite understand how this could be a top 10 album of all time out of everything that's ever been recorded. So rolling groan for me, uh, Matt, what do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling bone or rolling groan? Rolling Grown for me as well. This is probably, you know, he's got like 40 albums, right? Um, I don't know. This is probably like sixth or seventh on the list of the, I've probably listened to eight or nine, maybe 10 albums by Bob Dylan now. And this is five or six on the list. So I, it's just, it's great. Uh, a couple good songs. Um, but it, compared to the other ones, it doesn't move the needle for me as well as a couple, uh, you know, the freewheeling Bob Dylan. Bring it oh, all back home. He's got Bob a couple Dylan, songs. Right to my heart, Matt. Yeah, there's a couple of uh, my favorite songs on Bring It All Back Home, so I can't wait to talk about that one. But yeah, so for me, it's rolling uh, groaned. Is that how I say it, Rob? If I yes, want it to be higher on the list, not, and it's too Listen, low. Right? You guys try to or, make these jokes where you don't understand the rating system, and it's, nobody laughs. laughs. Nobody, nobody thinks it's funny. <laughs> Those laughs are all getting muted too right high now. high on the list, which means the lumber should be higher than <laughs> No, okay, don't do my bit. Uh, Russell, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling like bone, which here. again, it's too low on the list. It got boned. It should have been higher. Or rolling groan, okay? And keep in mind, these all rhyme with rolling stone. That's the joke here. Oh, oh, for real? No, God damn it. No. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. Oh, I get it. I was wondering why Rob kept coming up with weird rhymes. I never really realized why he does that at the end of the podcast. <sighs> yeah. It's definitely another one of those things where I started doing it. And I'm like, oh, this is fun to have to do this every week. Try to come up with something very <laughs> clever and fail and remind myself what a failure I am. Anyway, Russell, go ahead. <laughs> I think this album, I think I'm suffering from Bob Dylan fatigue. I feel like yeah. if we would have listened to, had never listened to Blonde on Blonde, not done Highway 61 within the last few months, I think I would have enjoyed this album a lot more. I just think 
he wears on me for some reason. I, the, I know he's like a, an amazing songwriter, but these songs just kind of wear on me. So I, I enjoyed this way more than Blonde on Blonde. I would kind of put it near on par on Highway 61, but I think Highway 61 is considered a much more influential album. So while listeners may like this one more, I think for me it's definitely rolling grown. Too, too, it's too high yes. on the list. Rolling yeah. Grown, guys. We're not coming up with a new system. This should not. This should not be a top ten album. I, I say Rolling Grown. Yeah, like, there's no way this is ahead of Enter the Wu Tang. Like, come on, like that's crazy. So I think to really understand this album, we need to have a little backup song. So what I think of this album <laughs> is, I think I will say there was there was some harmonica on this, but it, there wasn't. It seemed to be farther back in the. Okay, wait a minute. How do I turn wait. this off? Oh, I, the button went away to turn it off. I, I agree don't know. with you, Rob. It's pretty tasteful harmonica. It, yeah, it's it's farther back in the mix, and it seemed much more pleasant to my little brain. I don't know. Uh, but this album gets a rolling so long. Because so long, <laughs> Dylan. We don't see you again until number 57 on the list. We have covered all the other album, Dang, Dylan albums up wait. to 57. It'll be a year. It'll be a year. And even Oof. Oh, no, don't say that, Russell. That makes me feel, oh, my God, this is a waste <laughs> of my time. Don't tell him. Don't tell him that. Don't say that out loud. Uh <laughs> And that's actually just with him with the band. So that's not even just a Bob Dylan album. So it's probably going to be a little more interesting. But I stopped looking. I got bored by it. But I, or 38. There was something about. You know, 57, 38. There's, there's something. Well, what's that 38? Blonde on Blonde. We already did Blonde we on did Blonde. That. We don't have to do that. Oh, we did it. So we're not. Oh, oh ruined it. Now. This Dang one. Dang it. Blonde on Blonde. Yeah, it's one of the 20 albums we've done. My God. Uh, but uh, I, I tell you, this album, I the same thing. I had Bob Dylan fatigue where when you when I played these songs individually tonight, I was like, oh, I like that song. Oh, I like that song. I like that song. But just listening to them all over again and again, like I looked at my acoustic guitar and I was like, you fucker. After listening to this album, it's just so much of it. I, mean, I it think this is, this, is, this is exactly what Aaron's wife says when she listens to the podcast. Like, I've got, I've got Aaron fatigue. He needs to go back to the garage. That's right. I'm wondering why Aaron keeps making Aaron keeps making the stretch it out motion. He wants to make this podcast longer and longer. And I realize it's just because he's in the garage. We're the only people he's seen in like a whole week. She's like, she's like, I can't believe Aaron made me get rid of the microwave. Doesn't let me have plastic containers. He's got to go lay in the garage for a little bit. She's in there smoking menthols and putting Rubbermaid in the microwave. She's like, thank God, tight ass is gone. Do what I want. So listen, guys, we talked about Bob Dylan in, in instead of talking about Aaron in the garage for a couple of minutes. So there, you know, if you clicked on this because the Amazon page because you want to hear about Bob Dylan, whatever. Good luck. Uh, yeah. Go read the Wikipedia page and you'll be as confused as I was going through it. <laughs> Our next album coming up. Guys, we're getting into double digits. Ten on the list. We have Lauren Hill and the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Uh as long as it's not the acoustic guitar all the whole time, I'm totally for it. Oh, oh, yeah. This has been Beck Did It Better. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, but you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get, get off track. The perfect podcast for you, Jack. Jack did it better. You know what this song reminded me? There, the the pleasant harmonica. There was a point where I was like, "Oh, I actually like this harmonica." And it reminded me of when Billy Crystal played the harmonica in that movie City Slickers with Jack Palance. <laughs> so I spent I spent about twenty minutes rewatching uh, Billy Crystal, Jack Palance, City Slickers I won. harmonica. I won, I won, I won, I won, I won. Have you ever seen uh, City Slickers too? Do you know what he played in that? No. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people 
good. That's a hat on a hat, but I'm going to keep it in there. It's a good one. All right, this is um, Trapped in the Tent, I guess, Volume 1. It's uh, 1027 on Tuesday evening. I just uh, finished recording an episode of Beck Did It Better. Uh, Zipped myself into my tent here. I'm going to read a couple chapters uh, from Haruki Murakami's uh, Hard-Boiled Wonderland and the End of the World, and uh, hopefully not have to wake up before about uh, 6 tomorrow morning. So that's it for now. Okay, Trapped in a Tent, Volume 2. It's uh, 7 a.m., a pretty decent night of sleep. This is Wednesday morning. This is what I sound like immediately when I wake up in the morning. Uh, I think one uh, trip into the yard to um, use the uh, facilities around 12.20. I uh, heard some critter action in the garage around um, 5.40, put on some white noise, and uh, made it to uh, 7 a.m. with some sleep. So... Um, that's where we're at. Gonna go, uh, go in and uh, make some breakfast for the family, uh, with my mask on, and then uh, head right back out here to the garage to uh, start my workday. Okay, trapped in a tent, volume three. It's uh, ten ten a.m. on uh, Wednesday morning. I just finished uh, a meeting where I had to really gut it out uh, to get to the end, so I could run inside for my brief. Uh, as Rob asked about uh, number twos. Feel pretty good. I got the windows wide open and the door wide open here in the garage, so I'm out of the tent and um, doing some work today. Um, I'll update again uh, in an hour. Trapped in the garage, volume four. It's 11:15 a.m. on Wednesday. I'm trying, but uh, losing the battle to keep the garage clean uh, with all the wind and dust we have around. So I've decided to start treating this like my home. I'm leaving my shoes on the uh, doorstep. And uh, just trying to keep it clean. It feels like we're in some kind of weird dystopian uh, future where we're just covered in dust and grime. But I'm, I'm trying to keep my my living and workspace clean out here in the garage. The Trapped in a Tent Chronicles, Volume 5. It's Wednesday afternoon at 3. I'm just uh, heading into the home stretch of my workday, whereupon I convert the uh, garage office into a uh, open-air playground for my son when he comes home. We uh, ride his riding tractor around a bit. Um, I keep my distance with my mask on. And then um, I'll go inside and see what I can um, wrangle up for dinner. It's probably going to be some um, avocado toast and, um, I don't know, maybe an egg. And then I'll retire back to the garage for maybe a beer or two and some uh, reading. So that's where we're at. Trapped in a Tent, Volume 6. It's uh, almost 7 p.m. I've been uh, out and about in the neighborhood with my mask on uh, while my son rode his scooter, so I got to see the light of day a bit. That was nice. This is the awkward part of the night where um, I'm not going in the house to put uh, Wallace to bed, so my wife is uh, entirely on that duty um, by herself. He took a nap today at school, so that means bedtime is going to be long. And uh, I'm going to sit awkwardly on the porch um, until she can come out and drink a beer with me and um, hope it doesn't last too long, uh, bedtime that is. And uh, I'll report back when it's time to lock me in my cave. That's it. All right, trapped in a tent. I think this is volume seven. Uh, This is a wrap for Wednesday. 
It's uh, 10 p.m. I'm going to crawl into my tent. I do have an air mattress in the tent. It's pretty luxurious in there. So I'm going to hop in there, tuck myself in. I had a little nightcap uh, on the porch with my lady, uh, drank a uh, Mr. October, what we shared, uh, splitsies, not not from the same can. Uh, Mr. October, a double eight IPA from Hen House Brewing in uh, Sonoma County. It was delicious. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to call it a night. Uh, I heard some uh, critter activity happening around seven when I was out here folding some laundry. I think they head out for the night about 7, and then I'll probably hear them uh, when they come home around 5.30 in the morning. Um, I'm pretty sure I heard some coyotes outside, too. Uh, far away, but I guess that's probably going to drive the uh, rats inside. Anyway, hoping for a good night of sleep, and uh, I'll catch up with everybody in the morning. That's it. Signing off for Wednesday. Trapped in a tent to volume 8. I did not make a recording uh, when I first woke up this morning. Uh, I ran straight in to uh, make some coffee. And uh, I'm wearing a mask when I go in the house. And I will say I've learned that uh, one thing that's really unpleasant is waking up right away in the morning, uh, putting on your mask uh, without brushing your teeth. That is certainly getting to know myself in a way that I would prefer not to. So that's where we're at this morning. Starting some work. Check in later. Trapped in a Tent, Volume 9, 12.15 on Thursday afternoon. Just finished some delicious lunch, a bag leg and cheese with some veggie sausage and some tomatoes my lady roasted. I don't know. I don't know if Tom Hanks had it this good when he was quarantined, but I feel all right at this moment. Uh, about to head out for a walk in the sunshine. Trapped in a Tent, Volume 9, 3.37 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, made a quick trip inside to pick up some uh, tools for grilling my weekly chicken. And uh, my lady was inside the house laughing to herself. Turns out she was listening to Beck Did It Better. Um, I think she mostly liked the Emerson parts, though. But anyway, that seemed like a good development. Trapped in a tent, volume 10. Sad story tonight, everyone. Uh, I had to lock myself in the garage uh, because my lady went to bed early. I came out here by myself um, had to do some um, shenanigans to lock the garage, climb out the window, go back in the house, get my stuff, come back out, lock up some stuff in the house, come back in the window. So I locked myself in tonight, um, but I'm um, settling in to do a little bit of reading, maybe listen to some music, try to get some sleep. Uh, I heard the rats saying goodnight uh, about 15 minutes ago, hoping not to hear from them again until about 5.30 tomorrow morning. And then I'll uh, report back. All right. Hope everybody else has a great night. Trapped in a Tent, Volume 12, Friday afternoon. Made it through the whole week. No encounters with rats in the night. Uh, had, to, had to head out in the yard this morning at about 3 a.m., which is, um, the moon's really bright, so that's kind of creepy and cool um, the day before Halloween. Got a COVID test this morning. Not, not pleasant, but not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So now I wait the results. Uh, still no symptoms. Living in the garage isn't so terrible. And uh, I'll be looking forward to talking with my podcast mate soon. Trapped in a tent, lucky number 13, Halloween morning. I realized this morning that Blood on the Tracks is great breakfast-making music. I think it's the best morning album we've heard yet. I also had a distressing conversation yesterday uh, where uh, my wife noticed that the spot I've been using for the bathroom in the yard is starting to smell real bad. And uh, it turns out I should have been uh, spreading it around the yard instead of doing it all in one place. Um, so that's that's something new for the uh, midnight um, 
trips to the yard. But uh, otherwise, you know, tent life is going okay. I took my COVID test yesterday. Hoping to get those results back soon and uh, maybe move back in the house. All right. Happy Halloween, everyone. Trapped in a tent. End of daylight savings edition. It's 6.30 a.m. I think uh, everyone in my house has been up for about an hour and a half. Uh, I went in at uh, 6 o'clock. Made some coffee. Uh, exciting news in the Rosenberger household. Oops. Exciting news in our household. Uh, new coffee filter. It's made of cloth. It's a reusable cloth coffee filter. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Excited about that. Excited about the uh, possibility of throwing away fewer coffee filters. Although then there's the uh, how much water do you use to rinse it out. So just uh, doing those calculations in uh, the fog of being done with daylight savings. And um, still waiting on those, uh, those test results. So still out here in the tent. Last night... Probably one of my best nights of sleep yet. Uh, I do need to fill up my air mattress uh, a bit further if I'm stuck in here one more night. Um, yeah, ready to start my day.